Hi, and welcome to another episode of IoT This Week. I'm your host, Craig Smith. It is August 18th, 2015. Uh, we have quite a bit to uh, talk about today, so let's get to it. And just a quick reminder to everyone that in the show notes that are available on iotthisweek.com, the first bullet point in the show notes is actually a shared or a link to a shared list of all the IoT-related articles that we either talk about or I just simply have in my reading list. So if you want to read more in-depth about some of the uh, articles and, and news and so forth that we talk about in the podcast, um, go ahead and click on that link and go to the, the uh, reading list and have a look. So our first news item comes out of the July issue of today's General Counsel, where they are talking about the risk associated with the Internet of Things technologies. So it's really interesting to see the uh, lawyers getting involved and basically saying, hey, you guys really need to put uh, security and privacy um, up front and center whenever, you, whenever you're dealing with any kind of IoT project. And what there's a lot of the guidance they are citing comes from the FTC report. If you remember back in January, they put forth a report called the Internet of Things, Privacy and Security in a Connected World. So like I said, it's really good to see that the uh, corporate council uh, community is actually getting involved and being a proponent for security and privacy when it comes to companies um, either manufacturing or selling or whatever they may put on the market for the Internet of Things. And then our next news item comes out of Forbes, where they talk about uh, three ways the Internet of Things will change every business. So this is a short article, and a lot of these three three ways have probably been mentioned um, earlier, but I figured it was worth mentioning again. So the three ways they have mentioned... Um, how the Internet of Things will change every business is one, it will allow companies to make smarter products. Two, it will enable smarter business operations and smarter decisions. And three, it will change the uh, company's business model. Okay, so our next story involves the Bluetooth 4.2 standard, which was announced back in December. But it's only now that devices are starting to implement that new standard. So there are a couple of devices from Samsung, a couple of phones that are actually coming out um, implementing that new standard. So a few of the things that are interesting about this new standard. So the new Bluetooth 4.2 will enable devices to connect directly to the Internet uh, via the Bluetooth connection through IPv6 and 6 low WPAN without the need for a go-between device. So in theory, that should mean that a device that may have needed your phone to work at one point, um, maybe it doesn't need your phone anymore to actually make connections to the internet and do whatever it needs to do and get updates and so forth. So essentially what this new standard is going to mean is that Bluetooth-equipped devices can actually communicate directly and quickly with with one another. So that's going to be interesting from a security perspective to see what kind of security measures are put in place to prevent to prevent all these 4.2 devices from just chatting with any other 4.2 device that happens to walk by. So obviously that's not something you want. You don't want your whatever your device is just talking to whoever might come by and sharing data with them. So that's going to be interesting to see how that pans out 
to prevent things like that from happening um, and see what kind of security measures are put in place. So the other thing that the new standard is supposed to do, it's supposed to make Bluetooth smarter and more secure. So one of the things they're implementing for this new one is FIPS compliant encryption that's supposed to keep the data safe. And it's also supposed to make it tougher for third parties to actually track these smart, these new Bluetooth smart devices, unless the, you know, less permission is granted by the user that of that device. And then the other thing that this new Bluetooth 4.2 standard is supposed to do, it's supposed to make the, you know, the communications faster and more stable. So actually some of the things they've done, done as part of 4.2 is that they improve the data transfer speeds um, over the Bluetooth connections um, by, it looks like a, by as much as two and a half times at this, while at the same time they've actually increased the uh, data packet size. So that's interesting that they've increased the speed um, even though they've actually increased the uh, data packet size. And then the other thing um, that should be noted is that Bluetooth 4.2 doesn't actually replace any of the earlier Bluetooth standards like 4.0 or 4.1, but actually it, it extends the functionality of those earlier standards, so it should um, prevent any compatibility issues with um, older Bluetooth devices. And then the uh, next article, which I thought was uh, a little bit amusing, but maybe their heart's in the right place, is that the NSA has actually granted $299,000 to a, it's a one-year grant to the University of Alabama Huntsville for a project that basically it's, they're trying to build a project that will make building in, building in security to IoT systems easier before they actually leave the factory. So, you know, one of the things that is mentioned in the article is that, hey, maybe the NSA is doing this because they want to implement backdoors into the IoT devices, but but as the author noted, uh, it's really not worth the effort given that the IoT devices they're out on the market now are completely full of holes and pretty much anybody can access them anytime they want to. So what's the point of the NSA wanting to backdoor these products? Of course, I guess you could always say that, they well, they're going to make them more secure, so they want them secure so that they're the only ones that can access the, these devices, I suppose. But either way, um, given the latest, or given the news recently about NSA and, and everything, you know, maybe their heart's in the right place this time, and maybe they actually want to do something to actually make these things more secure, um, just in the interest of probably national security and so forth. And then the next news article deals with our friends at Microsoft, VeriSign, Symantec, and a few other companies where they have released a new or yet another IoT um, security framework. So it's called the IoT Trust Framework, and it's part of the Online Trust Alliance's IoT Working Group. So they've released this framework in hopes of, you know, helping IOT manufacturers, developers, and retailers to actually make these products more secure. So the framework actually involves a minimum set of guidelines and it's about 23 different minimum um, guidelines that they put forth. And a lot of these guidelines are things like, you know, all user sites must adhere to SSL best practices, um, device, all device sites and cloud services must utilize HTTPS. 
any you know, personal data sharing must be limited to third parties and service providers who agree to confidentiality and to limit usage for specified purposes. I mean, a lot of these guidelines are basically are basic rules that have been out there for a while. So not that there's anything wrong with putting a framework like this together. Um, it's just unfortunate that companies need to come together and put together this for, this kind of framework in order to try to you know push IoT manufacturers into actually implementing any kind of just any kind of minimum security into their IoT devices. So I mean it's encouraging that all these groups are you know putting forth these different frameworks to help these manufacturers. Um, but hopefully you know hopefully these manufacturers will start actually using these guidance using these guidelines and frameworks and so forth. But like I said, I mean these are minimum standards, kind of like kind of like PCI's minimum standards. Um, but unfortunately, PCI wasn't taken seriously until there were actually ramifications for not um, following the PCI requirements um, when it comes to dealing with credit cards and stuff. So I don't know if that'll be how it is with IoT manufacturers and you know using different using these different frameworks or implementing the guidance from these frameworks. Um, I'm afraid that what it'll end up having to be, there'll have to be penalties for not following these guidelines, whatever the framework might be. Um, yeah, there might be, it may require penalties before manufacturers actually follow these various guidelines. And then the last bit of news, which is just a quick survey that was, looks like it was put together by KPMG where they surveyed 111 tech industry executives in the U.S. So what they were looking for was to find out what the biggest growth drivers are currently in the tech industry. So Internet of Things made the list, but is actually at the uh, bottom of the list. So as far as what these executives think are the biggest drivers or biggest growth drivers in the tech industry... So mobile was 27%, um, healthcare, IT, devices and apps, 22%, data and analytics, 19%, digital media, advertising, video platforms, 16%, the cloud, 15%, social collaboration, messaging platforms, 15%, shared economy, you know, Uber, Airbnb, et cetera, 14%, security in general, 14%, and like I said, Internet of Things is there at the very bottom at 13%. So anyway, just an interesting survey. So let's talk a little bit about security and privacy. So the one thing I did want to mention before I get into some of the um, specifics, uh, the last podcast we did was actually before Black Hat and DEF CON. So this is the first one following Black Hat and DEF CON. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about uh, different things that happened at those two conferences because it's been covered quite a bit in the news and there's uh, various links to different talks and presentations and out and, and everything out there already. So the couple things I did want to mention, um, it was good to see various people and friends and so forth at Black Hat and DEF CON this year. So for me, it was actually more interesting this year than years past. And I think that was primarily because I've been so involved with the internet of things um, from a testing perspective and research perspective and stuff. So it was good to see uh, the different presentations and talks that were going on uh, in regards to the Internet of Things. So, I mean, this year they had the IoT hacking village where they had just, you know, tons of devices in there and people just beating the crap out of them. 
Also, my buddy Daniel, he gave a talk at the IoT Village on the IoT attack surface areas, um, which I'll actually, I'll mention that um, a little bit later, uh, where we've made some, or we're going to make some changes to the OWASP Internet of Things site. Uh, but anyway, it was just a, um, this year was just, um, like I said, it was just a very interesting conference for me, just because so much of it was geared around the Internet of Things. So the first thing we'll mention under uh, security is a story, uh, a story where Iranian hackers actually tried to, or they thought they were breaking into a gas station pump owned by Chevron, when in actuality it was actually a honeypot. So that's amusing from the standpoint that what they actually hacked was a honeypot, so it actually wasn't a production, you know, gas pump. But at the same time, it's kind of scary that uh, we've got, you know, Iranian hackers actually trying to break into gas pumps and do who knows what to them. So anyway, that was just a little interesting little story um, where, where hackers were trying to break into something, but it actually turned out it was a honeypot, so there wasn't any damage done. So the next bit of news kind of on the security front comes from our friend Sammy Kamkar, who you'll recognize as the person who implemented the um, GM OnStar hack called OnStar. <clears throat> so the article talks about a $30 device that he created called RollJam, which essentially um, cracks wireless injury systems used by car and garage door makers. So essentially what this device does is that it captures the codes that are transmitted to either your car or your garage door. And like I said, it captures those allowing the, you know, a thief to steal your car whenever he wants to, or actually get into your garage anytime he wants to uh, by capturing those codes being transmitted. And then the last bit of security news, um, comes from several articles that were put forth about some research uh, with the Zigbee protocol where severe vulnerabilities were found. Now, I'm sure there probably are, are vulnerabilities within the Zigbee protocol, but the ones they were talking about in this research actually had more to do with the manufacturers not implementing the existing security protocols already built into Zigbee rather than um, new vulnerabilities being found. So that was something the uh, Zigbee Alliance made clear that, you know, yes, these devices that were tested were vulnerable. However, it was more because the IoT manufacturer didn't bother to implement any of the security features that would have actually made these vulnerabilities um, non-existent to begin with. So again, I mean, it's just another, you know, it's more, it's not so much about Zigbee vulnerabilities as it is another story about IOT manufacturers not bothering to actually, you know, put forth any effort to actually secure their devices in the first place. Okay. So just a couple of conferences to mention that are coming up in August. Um, so a couple of the big ones have already happened, obviously black cat and DEF CON, cause they were at the beginning of August. Um, but just a couple of IOT related conferences coming up. Uh, so there's one called the Asia, IoT business platform, and that's actually in Jakarta. And then there's also the Internet of Things Conference 2015 that's happening in Berlin, Germany. And as always, if you look in the show notes on iotthisweek.com, there's a link on there to the Internet of Things event site, which has a more comprehensive list 
of some of the Internet of Things conferences coming up in the uh, coming months. Okay, so just a couple of things I wanted to mention on the learning about IoT front. Um, the first thing is the group called Excelta, who are currently conducting online IoT trainings. So they have a couple of different classes that they're uh, presenting. One is a three-day session, which basically deals with like you know teaching you IoT essentials, and then the other one is a five-day course which goes through the essentials, I believe, but they also send you a device. Um, so you actually go through a couple of days of lab training with that device. So some interesting um, trainings being put forth by this group. So I'm taking some of this training just to see how it is um, at the end of August, I believe. So I'll be, I'll be sure to um, put forth um, what I found as far as quality of the training and you know content and so forth just to see um, how that is and let everybody know whether that re that um, training is actually worth taking or not. And then the next thing I wanted to mention um, as far as learning about IT, IoT, which is something I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, it's an IoT analytics site where they just have various metrics and, well, analytics um, involved or in regards to the Internet of Things. So, again, that uh, link to that site is actually in the show notes at iotthisweek.com. So be sure to click on that link and have a look at that because, like I said, it does have some interesting uh, metrics and so forth there. So the last thing I wanted to uh, mention as far as, you know, learning about IoT and so forth um, is something that I kind of uh, mentioned earlier in the podcast where uh, my buddy Daniel Meisler, he gave a talk at the IoT Hacking Village at DEF CON about the OWASP Internet of Things and attack surface areas. So one of the things we're going to do is move the current OWASP Internet of Things top 10 site underneath this sort of umbrella project called the OWASP Internet of Things project. So like I said, we're adding what we're calling attack surface areas, um, which there are many. I think there's like 15 or 20 up there currently on the site. So, I mean, do have a look at that. And if you have things you think we forgot or should add it or shouldn't be there, you know, just, just let us know. Um, but anyway, so we don't want to be limited to 10 as we're limited in the IoT top 10 site. But we also don't want to be mixing um, vulnerabilities and attack surface areas, which we're kind of doing right now with the uh, top 10 list. So, again, what we're going to be doing with this new site is we'll have a tab that has attack surface areas, but then we're also going to have a tab which will have the top IoT vulns, which probably won't necessarily be limited to 10, but it'll basically be, you know, kind of, in order, you know, what the top vulnerabilities we are we are seeing as part of our research. So anyway, have a, have a look at that site. Um, you know, feel free to ping myself or Daniel and let us know, you know, what you think of the new site. Um, again, the link to that um, umbrella project called the OWASP Internet of Things project site is actually in the, is in the show notes um, on iotthisweek.com. And last but not least, uh, just a quick mention about talks and presentations coming up. Some of these I've already mentioned in previous podcasts, but uh, since, they're, they, since they still haven't happened, I just want to refresh everybody's memory. Uh, Daniel Meisler will be speaking at HUSEC Con in October. Uh, Greg Patton will be speaking at Houston Tech Fest on mobile security on September 12th. 
And Ray Kelly will be speaking at EPSEC USA on September 22nd, and his talk will be called Modifying the Android OS for Mobile Application Testing. So that is the podcast for this week. As always, if you have comments or questions, uh, feel free to go to iotthisweek.com and submit those through the site. And that is it for this week. I'm Craig Smith, and have a great week.